Welcome to another episode of Good Faith Reads. This is Johnny Pierce, executive editor and publisher with Good Faith Media. I'm joined again by two friends from the Center for Healthy Churches, Bill Wilson and Bob Dale. Today, we are discussing Dr. Dale's important book for church leaders seeking to chart a healthy course for the futures of their congregations. This book from Nurturing Faith, an imprint of Good Faith Media, is titled To Dream Again Again. Those engaged in congregational life for a while will know that Dr. Dale wrote a best-selling book in 1981 titled To Dream Again, How to Help Your Church Come Alive. For many pastoral leaders, it was a welcomed lifeline. Now for a new generation of church leaders facing new challenges and fresh opportunities, we again turn to Dr. Dale for guidance. To Dream Again Again is subtitled Growing Healthy Congregations for Changing Futures. Bob, just last week, a seminary student contacted us about a doctoral project making use of your writings. How many of these theses, dissertations, and doctoral projects have made use of your concepts from these two books? And do they generally focus on the life stages of congregations that you describe? Well, the number is 500 plus. The book really, the model in the book really did speak to people. So uh, that's the application point. They're really looking to diagnose their congregations and find out what kind of health they have and what kind of health they can generate. So um, I, I'm grateful it got published again. Um, the, it was taken out of print uh, several years ago and a publisher out on the West Coast uh, continued to print it. So that made a difference. But the answer is about 500, a little over 500. Bill, from your many years as a pastor, um, how does To Dream Again Again help congregations to envision a fresh future? You know, I have a both kind of a personal testimony and then a professional testimony. So the personal testimony is that I became a pastor in 1987 after having been a youth minister for 10 years. And that was the decade that this book first came out. And Bob, I think I'm right that it was the, the biggest seller Broadman Press had for the decade of the 80s. That sounds right. I picked it up you know, because everybody had it. And I didn't know who this Bob Dale guy was. And I was in a little church that hadn't had an original thought in about 30 years. And I, I couldn't put it down. And the more I read, the more I thought, this, this gives me a, a roadmap. It helps me find where we are on a kind of a, a scale, if you will, or a, a bell curve of life. And we used it I wore that book out and moved on and, and did other things in other churches, but those principles and the bell curve of congregational life, the life cycle, I probably have shown a slide like that, Bob, a thousand times now in the last decade. So professionally, we, we always begin our vision work and our um, even search committee work with let's talk about the life cycle of your congregation. Where are you? How many new cycles have you started? 
Uh, how would you describe yourself in terms of, are you working out of your principles or out of your programs? You know, that's one of the great lines from Bob's book that I constantly use that we, we constantly find churches that are living in the world of programming and uh, kind of technical solutions and the real adaptive challenge, so to speak, that Bob spoke to decades before Ron Heifetz ever wrote about it is why are we here? Where are we? And where are we going? And those are the questions that most churches seem to work to avoid in this book, especially the the revamped model that's been revised, uh, is a great gift to congregations who want to answer those questions well. Why are we here? How do we get here? And where are we going? And what does it mean to be this church on this piece of property in this decade with a fresh, compelling vision for the future? So I've said uh, to, to dozens, maybe even hundreds of congregations, if you can only read one book as a church together, this is it. And we've sold out every time we printed it. We've had to order another printing because so many people have found that to be true. Which is exactly why we have come out with this new updated version. You got it. You got it. Yeah. To dream again, again. I was not a pastor, but I did know Dr. Dale when this book came out because he had just been my seminary professor. Uh, Bob, one of the things you have said uh, that really catches my attention is that you said congregations fall into habits that become traditions, that become ruts, that become norms. How do churches get into those, and more importantly, how might they get out? Well, I, I think time uh, is how they get into them. You know, they find something that um, works for them or kind of works for them. And they, they stick with that. They just keep doing it over and over and over again. Uh, and they, they know exactly, uh, you know, how the church runs. I remember the, the first time in a little country church, uh, one of the men in the church came up to me after an evening worship service, and he said, hey, preacher, ain't it about time to get up a budget? And I said, well, yeah, you know, I, I couldn't admit that I didn't know what the heck a church budget looked like. Uh, so he said, well, last year we took in about X number of dollars. And I said, what do you think we're going to do this year? He said, about the same. And I said, okay, then let's keep the same budget. He said, fine. It took 15 seconds to do a budget. Then I ended up in a church in Dallas that was full of execs, and they wanted to do, you know, a a four-month budget process. (laughs) And so that's that's exactly what we did. Well, when you get into that kind of uh, process, that kind of pattern, uh, then things are going to begin to slow down. And that's when finally they begin to become ruts and monuments to the past and so forth. And that's deadening. So to dream again is important and to dream again, again is even more important. Bob, as a follow-up, what questions do congregational leaders need to be asking themselves and their members as they seek a hopeful future? Well, I was coaching a guy this morning and I asked him where the sparks were in the church, you know, where where there was hope, where there was energy. 
frankly, energy is what I'm always looking for. You know, where is there a bit of excitement? Where is there a bit of possibility? Where, where is there the makings of a dream? And you begin to fan those flames. Um, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at uh, Bill's um, vegetation outside his window there. And, you know, if you can find something that's growing, you cultivate it. And I think that's an, an important comment simply because in former eras, we talked about churches being machines. And now we talk about them being plants. And if you go back and look at, at scripture, that's the primary image you see there. The church is a living, growing entity, community. And so I, I just look for things that are growing and try to cultivate them. Bob, you keep reminding churches of their calling to be contrast communities. What do you mean by that? And what is the lesser alternative that churches sometimes settle for that they should avoid? Well, as you know from reading the book, uh, for me, the kingdom of God is what Jesus was about. And it's what we ought to be about, our churches and, and our our personal ministries. So that's that's what I want to see. That's what I want to encourage. Um, and and that's that's what I try to do uh, all the time. I I ended up um, doing a, a readings course for a friend who got into financial trouble and couldn't afford a professor. <laughs> and so uh, she and I talked one day and I offered to do a readings course. And that's that became the background uh, in the earlier book, the weaving book, uh, for an emphasis on the kingdom of God. Well, you'll see the same kind of emphasis in uh, To Dream Again Again. And it gives you a place to stand, a place to anchor yourself so you can move forward with confidence. Good Faith Reads is brought to you by Good Faith Media. Good Faith Media provides reflection and resources at the intersection of faith and culture through an inclusive Christian lens. Learn more at goodfaithmedia.org. Nurturing Faith is the book imprint of Good Faith Media, publishing more than 100 titles available at goodfaithmedia.org. Are you an author with a book that you would like for us to consider publishing? There's a place to do that online at goodfaithmedia.org. Bob, practically speaking, if a pastor bought 12 to 15 copies of uh, To Dream Again Again for the ministerial staff and lay leaders, uh, how would you suggest that they digest, share, and implement its content? Well, um, I, I would do it in that setting with that group first. Uh, I, I wouldn't take it into the congregation quite yet. Uh, so I would use it in staff meetings or I'd use it in a staff retreat and just begin to get people thinking in terms of that, of that curve. Now, there are other models out there that don't use the curve. They use straight lines and, 
and turning points and so forth. And those models tend to be more mechanical. So I'm coming back to the organic approach of saying uh, the world moves fairly smoothly, moves, <laughs> moves ahead, uh, but it doesn't turn corners very sharply generally. Now with the pandemic, we're seeing a fairly sharp turn, but you, you watch what's going on uh, in government and other settings, and you realize that it's a real pain for some people to make a, a fairly quick adjustment. So I'd, I'd start with the group. Bill, what might you add to how this book can be used most practically, and how does this book align with the ongoing work of the Center for Healthy Churches? Well, there, there are many reasons that it resonated with me and <clears throat> with so many people, and that it, it does describe congregational life in organic terms. And in fact, if you look at the Center for Healthy Churches, our website is built around a horticultural image. My personal mission in life is to grow things, not just the plants in my yard, but the clergy and the churches I'm a part of. And so when you begin to think about congregational life as um, a living organism, and, and many times we use some of the language Bob just cited where we talk about, let's find what's right about your church and pour miracle grow on it. And see, and see what happens and watch it unfold in ways that you didn't really know were possible. A lot of times we, we think we know what a plant's going to look like. And then we're shocked and surprised when it, it does things that uh, are in its DNA that we didn't know were there. So this, this book is, is really at the heart of what the center is about. That's why we recommend it to people. It's why we utilize their imagery, uh, the imagery of the book and the language of the book. Um, and I, what I've found, Johnny, is that it doesn't matter if I'm in a church. I was in a church the other day when everybody was on, a whole church got together. We had 15 people. Hmm. And I said, <laughs> we looked in, and we had, everybody had a copy of the book. And they said, yeah, we're, we're in the emerging stage. This was a church that had died, so to speak, and had been rebirthed with the fresh, a dream again vision uh, to be a, a, the, a bilingual congregation in an in urban city setting. And there was so much energy, man, Bob, there were sparks all over that Zoom page. You know, people were excited. They were talking about it. And I thought, what a contrast between the church I'd just been in of 500 people where I couldn't, I didn't know they were mannequins or people. I couldn't tell. <laughs> and so, you know, it's the passion, the growth, the, the, what we call the thriving nature of church that this book really talks about. With all the challenges of time and competing allegiances, many people have just given up on congregational life. Clearly you two have not. So I'm curious as to why. Bob, let's start with you. I, I don't think Christian faith is solitary. I think it's communal. Um, and so that's why I haven't given up on it. My faith is ignited when I'm around people who are excited, who have a calling, who know exactly what their ministry needs to be and is. And so I, I count on that kind of, um, that kind of interest, that kind of contagion. 
So I, that, that's why I think of it as, as being um, unsolitary. Bill? You know, I think the church, Big C Church, across the decades and even millennia, has always been at its best when it was out of power <laughs> and when it was the minority position. Yeah. And so there we are. You know, the, the vast majority of the American culture uh, is aligned in a way that is not, does not look with favor upon a local church. And so it, this is a season uh, to, to go back to why we're here, the basics, the principles, to reimagine, to, to have a fresh vision of our purpose. And I actually think, John, that this is, to use another plan analogy, while this may be a pruning season, I think there will be um, a significant falling away of congregations. You know, everybody that I read says there's going to be a, a large number of congregations that are no longer in business this time 10 years from now. But pruning is the way to, to encourage healthy growth in a plant. And so one of the things what I think this season that I believe is going to be healthy for churches is while it will be a challenge, there's no question. These are, these are not easy days. Uh, they are also days in which we are being refined and being pruned and being forced, if you will, to, to dream again while we're here. And it's a good day to do that. That's a good day to do that. The book, To Dream Again, Again, Growing Healthy Congregations for Changing Futures by Robert D. Dale, was published in collaboration with the Center for Healthy Churches, Good Faith Media, and the Eula May and John Ball Foundation. This book, along with others in the Healthy Church Resources series, is available at goodfaithmedia.org slash bookstore.